Excellent. Okay, Neil, we're excited, man. Take it away. So I'll just share screen. All right, so this is very lob one heavy. And how do I get to, okay. Sorry, one sec. Okay, so very lob one heavy. Um, this is what Kuo has to say on death and moving on after. So I guess I kind of feel I don't know, interested in this topic because in 2020, uh, my mom got cancer and did not make it through. She was very materialistic, didn't believe in anything. So when we had like hospice nurses coming over and people that wanted to have deeper conversations about the afterlife, she just said, nope, and we turn into dust and that's the end of everything. So when she passed, like this whole door opened up to what what's truly out there and kind of just made me want to figure out where she went. And I guess that kind of started with um, Buddha at the Gas Pump with Rick Archer. He's got a whole page of near-death experiences, which I got into and then found the law one. So that's kind of where all this information comes from. Um, it is pretty text heavy as well. So I apologize if I'm reading too much of these slides have a lot more information on it, but we'll jump right in. So this is what Kuo has to say on the death process and moving on. And just a little quote to start this off saying, we may simply say on this point that each you existed before time began to unroll its scroll in space time and you shall exist long after not only your physical body, but the earth itself is dust. So what, slash who Kuo is. Kuo is a principle of three different social memory complexes, fourth density Atan, fifth density Latui, and sixth density Ra. So it was created in order to allow LL research to continue speaking with those serving the Confederation of Planets. And basically um, when Don, Carla, and Jim formed their little group, they had this certain amount of energy that allowed Ra from sixth density to channel down here to third density and when don unfortunately passed he that whole energy for the group was unable to continue with Ra. so Ra partnered with latui and hatan which allowed this channel to continue with LO research so there's just like i don't know 10 20 different pages on death and moving on kind of what happens in the afterlife so i just chose little bits and pieces from different channelings and kind of organize them, which in a way that I thought was helpful. So there's some of the podcasts. Um, this guy on YouTube, he has a whole series of Quo videos and they're all pretty good. He just basically reads from LO research pages. And then here are some of those boot at the gas pump interviews that help shape what I like to think happens after we pass. So every experience in death is unique. There's no one set way that everything happens. I don't want this information to just be like set in stone. It, there could be a billion different ways that we go. And before each uh, 
channeling session quote just has this little thing saying that basically if any of this sounds wrong to you, just let it go in one ear and out the other. They are not a higher source than us. They're just farther along the spiritual evolutionary path. And they are just speaking from a higher place that we will eventually be at as well. So the topics are the moment of passing, what that might look like, the life review and what happens kind of in the inner planes, uh, grief, grieving, how do we help others through the grieving process, and then what happens to our pets when they go. So a little intro. It is encouraged to think that the death of the physical body is a portion of an ongoing experience of living that is not ended by birth or death or any ending whatsoever. But each of you is a citizen of eternity, that you were in your spiritual integrity, a creation before the world was created, before the universe as you know it was created, indeed, before this octave of creation was present. You have been a spark of the one infinite creator, a child of the one great original thought for eternity. Just saying that we are, there's, this isn't all we are, and we have been part of everything forever. So that moment of passing. One could experience many different things upon the occasion of the physical death. Some things are purely physiological and most uncomfortable. However, once that physical body has been dropped, there are any number of experiences that may occur depending on the consciousness of that individual. Entities passing this incarnation will most likely move through a cycle or tunnel of light that measures the vibration of each entity. And then from those uh, bat gap interviews, both Evan Alexander and William Peters, who study the near death as well as having their own talk about moving through or going to or having some type of tunnel of light that they go through. And that doesn't happen for everyone, but it's just what a couple of the NDE studies have seen. So there is a crossover right into the gateway of intelligent infinity or larger life, as this instrument has called it, where the death has taken place and the will of the entity who has just died is still connected to the belief system of the lifetime. So therefore, entities will tend to see what they expected. So the Christians, if you're Christian and you have a lot of prayers to Jesus, Mary, or any other saints, then you will most likely see that if you have devoted time and energy in this lifetime. For those who do not, do not tend on focus on personalities, there may not be any visions or sights at all. It may just be simply the switching of environments as if you're walking out of one room and into another without any loss of consciousness of any kind. So I actually um, called a psychic trying to connect with my mom. And she said that when her moment of passing was going on, she was like unconscious kind of the last couple hours stepping into the afterlife, coming back to her body, going, seeing the afterlife and just like putting one foot in and kind of going, is this right? Is this really true? And I feel like her experience was more of like the switching of a, of an environment and not too much of a greeting from others. So greeting from others. When one passes from this material illusion into the world of spirit, there are oftentimes a variety of entities that may greet the departing soul. Most often, this is one of the spirits that overlook such soul's progress within the incarnational pattern. Depending on the type of lessons and the progress and learning lessons, one or more of these guides are summoned to greet the entity as it passes through the veil of forgetting and enters into true life. There is also a soul group, spiritual family, or clan, as they have often been called. These entities are available for support and NDEs, for all have planned together to undertake certain experiences, certain lessons, and certain services within the incarnation. 
And they also say that there's a council of elders that may review the lessons in the incarnation just previously left, shall we say, or completed in the case of the entity who is permanently passing through the death experience. This council may also provide, shall we say, a broader point of view to the departing entity that will enhance the entity's understanding of what has been undertaken to learn and what has been left unlearned. So I find that pretty interesting that we definitely have this homecoming, this overpowering feel of love and joy from all these beings that are waiting uh, for us on the other side. So the inner planes. Those who live on Earth and have incarnations upon your planet move into the inner planes or the heaven worlds upon death and live in whatever niche they have earned by their vibration. So whatever your violet ray expresses, it will bring you to that appropriate place in the inner planes where everything is vibrating in harmony with your vibration at that time. Entities move from the inner planes back to incarnation, back to inner planes sometimes. Sometimes they stay in the inner planes for quite some time and decide not to take incarnation. So I find that really interesting that the violet ray is how we kind of know where to go in the inner planes and that like everything there is exactly how we would expect it. Everyone's on the same page. It's just perfect for you. We're on the inner planes. Consciousness may be then taken to a comfortable place where he or she may watch what you call a movie or a book with many pictures. In many cases, there is healing work to be done. In some cases, the healing work involves creating an atmosphere which equals the happiest time of the previous incarnation. And this primary healing technique is used until the entity is strong enough to face the rest of the review. Other times, will, healing will take place in what, may one, in what one may conceive as a hospital. Others can create a full third density life with the job and so forth and will have their healing completed in a familiar environment of this kind. The healing process is under the free will of the spirit undergoing the healing because once you pass that veil of forgetting is gone and you have that full feeling of being one with creator. And at other times it's just saying that if you're aware and mostly awake during your life and have the guidance to kind of not build up a bunch of negative energies or I guess experiences that you need that learning. So I guess like our masters or some that are here on earth now, just bypass all this and go straight to the next um, density that they would call home. So here is the steps of light. So it's just saying that the point of death seems like an instant within space-time. However, from the standpoint of time-space, the moment of death, so-called might, will take a while. It might take up some space within time-space and the various threads and aspects of the self are gathered together in a relaxed, comfortable, and unhurried way. Those now passing from your illusion into the door of death are walking the steps of light. As these entities move into this light, they move as far as possible without the light becoming too glaring. When it is too glaring to continue, they step aside and notice whether they have passed the boundary, shall we say, of third density into fourth density. Eventually, each is healed. Each moves to a portion of the creation which has light density, which is comfortable for it. So more on what these steps of light are. So picture, if you will, a walk that is long and beautiful and seems to be completely a walkway filled with light. On either side of the walkway are presences that are extremely loving and nurturing 
and that guard each and every spirit that walks this path of light. Picture then, if you will, a light whose very nature changes, becoming more dense, more bright, and in ways hard to describe, more challenging. It is though the elements have been added to this light as you move along this walk. The reason for this is that the nature of light changes by quanta. So it's just saying that a photon in your density is not as complex as fourth and so on through fifth and sixth. So whichever, if the fifth density light or fourth density is too much for you and almost like unbearing, then you'll step off the path of light and you'll go to the density that is your new home. So here was Carla's NDE. Um, the instrument had the experience of moving through the gate of death. So we're able to say this instrument through this instrument that the entity's first hand experience was a valid one. The kidneys failed in the instrument's body. It experienced a great deal of pain. And then when death occurred, there was a cessation of pain. There had been a disfigurement of the body due to the lack of kidneys working. Suddenly the body was fair and perfect. The clues mounted quickly. However, the entire situation had changed for when the entity spoke to a rose upon a fence, an entire section of the rose bush wound itself around her arm without thorns, but with endless love. She could hear music and see it in the air. The colors that she saw were more substantial and had a life of their own. They pulsed and glowed within with a three-dimensional seeming energy that is lacking the color upon your planet. The experience expanded through the death process rather than being cut off and then changing and stopping altogether. This is the actual experience at the time of death. Indeed, it is so persuasive that many who die suddenly, who take some time to realize that they have indeed passed through the gates of the physical death, no longer have a body and an incarnation upon the planetary sphere. So here is a friend of those in L research. Like they were friends since the 60s before the channeling ever started. And so they asked, what did this friend experience for her own funeral when she passed? So the one known as E experienced being greeted, greeted by that beloved savior whom she expected to see. Yet within time space, things do not happen in a non-local manner. The one known, known as E was part of her own funeral. Curious as always wanting to see what everyone was wearing, how they were speaking, what they were saying, and in general, enjoying the gathering and experiencing a great deal of love, affection, and gratitude that so many good people had taken the time and effort to come together for her funeral. There was the experience of this process of ritual and communion, every bit of comfort that those who love the soul could pack into the ritualized remembrance of the viewing and the funeral. So they're saying there are also no awareness that she was there, and it may have been a little awkward if they did know that she was there. And I noticed at my own mother's funeral, we, it was like a big kind of, not like a church, but big glass pane windows. And there was a butterfly constantly trying to bang and bang it into the windows and trying to get in and just seeming to catch my attention a lot. And then also as I went outside, there was a butterfly kind of buzzing around my head. So wanted to throw that picture in there as well. So praying to a deceased loved one. If you have a loss and you wish to pray to the entity who has died, in prayer, all happens at one time. As you think the prayer, it is being offered to the one who is in the inner planes, moving through the process of death and transformation. There is no loss of time. There is no lag. And when you pray, that thought has reached its goal and the help is immediate. Know that when you pray, whenever you pray about any, 
Know that the help is immediate whenever you pray about anything. Asking for help. The creator does not leave any of its beloved children without comfort. The source of comfort starts with the guidance system that is part of your being. Your higher self is waiting to be asked for help. This instrument calls us higher self, the Holy Spirit. We suggest that whatever you call your guidance system, when you are dealing with death, you need in a very central way to access your guidance and to remember to keep asking for it. So I know that was a huge thing for me, like just in the deep depths of depression, just thinking nothing goes right and not asking for any help at all and just thinking the world was against me and getting deeper and deeper in depression. So knowing that we can constantly ask for help is a big thing. So moving into grief. So it is not that there is a true loss for energies connected with the dynamic between the self and the one who has passed through the gates of death continue to live in the mind, the heart, and the emotions of the ones who are left behind. One of the most difficult things to deal with or to grasp if you are a grieving person, that there is no true loss. There is no ending to the relationship that has matured throughout the time shared by the self and the one that who has died. What was true and authentic about the relationship endures. And indeed, it is truly said that the entity becomes an angel on your shoulder. And they say that this is very true with parents and children when that bond has been created so deep in love. Helping others through grief. So it's saying that everything has changed. The person's still here. That lost a loved one is just completely different. The whole energy of the one that has left has basically created a giant hole and no one else can replace that companionship or the affection that the entity had for you. For each two people relate in a unique way. So when you are attempting to help someone who has had a loss, you can certainly distract them by your presence and comfort them with your kindness, your affection, and your good words. These are the essential gifts to offer an entity who has had a loss. Therefore, you cannot replace that entity who has, had, who has gone on. Only the process of, a time, of time will allow the grieving entity to catch up with the changes that it has experienced. Helping others continued. So allow once again, that person timing and the expression that the, uh, that are appropriate for that person. Some may take months, others can take years and each timing, each choice of a way to move through the process is correct for each entity. You may comfort someone who is grieving simply by listening, affirming, and understanding. Even if you feel that perhaps the person is taking it too hard, or perhaps you wish that these that there was someone, there was something you could do to make it easier, we encourage you to allow people to have a hard time. This may be the best the best way to go through that process. So my dad, even still, almost two years later, is going through the grieving process and. Reading this some time ago, it was just like, okay, I mean, that is what part of your time here on earth, you're supposed to have a hard grieving process with the loss of your wife. And there's nothing really I can do, but listen and be there for you and allow you to mature through this process on your own and get through it. So it's not necessary for this to be comfortable. It is helpful in the midst of whatever discomfort the grieving person is for that person to know and to feel that you are with them, that you hold them in prayer and that your heart thinks of them and sends messengers of love and light. Staying connected. We encourage 
everyone who has had loss to touch in the relationship that remains. Those loved ones believed in you, they supported and encouraged you, and they are still leaving that nurturing, compassionate understanding with you. Take advantage of that. Do not force away any memories of those beloved people. Rather, appreciate each of your ancestors, not just with memory, but even with conversations. They're saying like, start a conversation in your mind with someone that you lost. And you may hear a full conversation or it may just be your mind, but I know for me, like that helps a lot. I'll say like, mom, <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing right now? Like, what can I, what can I do to make some of the stress and anxiety go away? And I'll get little helpful messages that are in the same voice as mine in my head, but they seem to always help and work out. So maybe it's her, but either way, it helps me move on. And this is the last little part. So what happens to our pets? One may take joy in knowing that the animal entity has lived its life fully, for it knows no other way to live. It does not hinder and restrict itself in ways that are created by mental activity that is distorted in one fashion or another. When one sees that such entity has passed from the incarnation, one may give praise and thanksgiving that it has returned the energy to the creator. Again, to be formed at another time, at another opportunity, into yet another creature that is somehow enabled by all previous creatures' experiences and their contributions to those energy patterns that you call the life. Pets continue. So if a pet dies, it is to become a third density entity. And though the loss of that dear pet is great, you have given the pet the opportunity to feel love and to give it such an extent that self-consciousness has taken place and yours has been the catalyst which encouraged that graduation. The recently deceased second density entity may experience and see in the inner planes the love shared and the bond experience within its third density companions. It is a treasured portion of that second density entity's experience and will have significant effect not only on their awakening to individual identity, but its future course through the conclusion of second density into third density. So I guess that's what second density entities moving into third, once they're self-aware of who they are and they're not just part of the pack, then they're able to graduate. And I guess like for my two dogs, uh, Maggie and Norman, just saying, hey, Maggie, Norman, and them having their own names and knowing that they're just a separate being, I feel like they're ready to graduate and maybe potentially reincarnate into a third density or more human lifetime or human, a human meat suit, I guess. Closing thoughts. So the moment of passing is unique to everyone. Then there is some form of guidance or higher entities that are looking to greet you on the other side and help you move through the process. A life review is then done and healing as well within these inner planes. If you choose to progress out of a density, then one must walk the steps of light to see which density it can call home. And we all have grief, but know there is constant love and support out there for you always and forever. And to remember to keep asking for it. That in memory of my mom, bless your uh, journey through the inner planes, Linda. Hope to see you one day soon till we meet again. And then prayer to those beings in Ukraine that are incarnating now and probably or maybe chose before this lifetime to be a part of fourth density by sacrificing themselves in this war to 
bring about unity and to show that this is not the way that we are supposed to live on this planet. And so I just wanted to, at the end, maybe say a nice prayer for those in Ukraine. And that's it. Nice and quick. Wonderful. Thanks. Yes, I want to save time for questions and whatnot or discussion. I just want wow. to say thank you. Yeah, that was a yeah that's a lot. I know. I was, sorry if I was going too fast or nope. reading. Just kind of soaking in your uh, just some of the beautiful imagery that you shared and also want to thank you for being vulnerable with us um, talking about your mom's death and, and the catalyst that that was for you. Um, I, I, I really felt uh, her presence there with you, you know, you could kind of yeah, feel. Asking yeah, did you for, feel it? I was asking for comfort. Just, I do have like a pretty good amount of uh, social anxiety and speaking in front of others and, kind of right when this began, I just sank and went away. So it's like, all right, someone's here with me. Thank you for the feeling of everything's going to be all right. I've watched, I've watched several of the uh, back gap interviews on NDEs. And the last one I watched, um, the gentleman said that majority i think he was someone who did studies because he said the majority of the people who come back from an indie near-death experience kind of share in general two common things of mm -hmm. what you need what was needed to be learned and one was you can never die and the second thing was is that we're here our life here on earth is is learning to live love or um love others um and that's why I was so interested in uh, diving a little deeper in, in the definition of love and what love meant, you know, it's, means different things to different people, amazingly enough, but found it very interesting. Yeah, it seems to be very common with the NDEers is that coming back, they, I mean, most of them or some of them seem to like not even be able to cope with coming back by based on like how beautiful Mm -hmm. afterlife or the inner planes are but they do come back with that yeah same same thing we're just here to love each other that's it just love like stop stop mm -hmm. everything and just learn to love right i read um i don't know if anyone has read the seth material but um said just like a quick overview seth was a entity that was channeled a few days i can't remember um I think it was like in the 60s, 70s, 80s kind of time frame. But anyway, um, the Seth entity said that some some people, while they sleep, they assist, they leave their body and go assist others in the transitioning of the death experience, especially for people who have had traumatic death, you know, experiences, you know, sudden death experiences. They're often discombobulated and don't know what's going on. And they're kind of confused because they're, you know, they're in a new environment, but they're still very attached to the third density. So I thought that was really interesting that, you know, some people while they're sleeping, they go and assist others with their death experience. Yeah, and actually, uh, William Peters, one of the resources I put up there, he does a whole probably like 
30 minutes talking about the shared death experience and when people pass, like how you could be across the country and you like some people even have like out of body experiences with the one that's passing. And I guess they're trying to make it like a mainstream thing where you to create this bond of like love and I'll be here for you. Like when you pass that both the person dying and the one that's next to them, that is like creating this um, loving environment that they both kind of transition at the same time. And then the one that's still living will come back. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool talks about the shared death experience. Um, yeah, two things on that. There's on the Bat Gap podcast. And if you're not familiar with that, I, I definitely invite you to, to connect with uh, Rick Archer's work. But he did one, um, it was a Catholic priest, Father Nathan Castle. And uh, Nathan Castle, um, I've been emailing him a little bit from time to time, but he, um, that's one of his ministries, actually, is to be that person to help people transition. Um, and he, he's written books on it, but the interview is really good. And, uh, and also just a really quick thing on that, too, is you can, if, if you have a willing soul and you would like to do something like this to be a kind of ministry for you, um, you can do it. You can ask for that gift. Uh, and I know myself, I don't think it's my calling least right right now but I, there was a time in my life when i first started to kind of get into law of one and um i did some really strong meditations and i had a couple of incidences where while in the meditation i i did some of that work hmm. um and there was one particular time where a, a, a young boy was hit by a car and it was like instantaneous it was a skateboard thing and he got hit by a car and just sort of knocked out of his body and didn't know what he was doing, where he was going. And so I just, I saw that and I, I kind of like helped him and I just pointed uh, forward to where the tunnel was, the light was. And, you know, I said, that's the way you go and, and kind of did some sort of energetic yeah. movement for him to move in that way. So one can do this, um, and you, and it's a kind of ministry you can ask for it if you would like. Yeah. And then, and there's a profession too called a death doula, just like they have birth doulas. There are people who train to assist people in crossing over, um, which I think is a really beautiful calling too. But I wanted to say a couple things, Neil, number one, um, that was really touching. Thank you for everything you shared. And it really held my interest. I don't know, my mind just wanders sometimes and I, but, but I was um, feeling really engaged with that. So thank you. Um, however, I was also driving home from the grocery store. So if I missed <laughs> anything, I apologize. I just wanted to share something about what Ra teaches about sort of life between lives, if you will. Um, and, and correct me if, uh, I don't know if this uh, jives with, with what you were sharing or is different from it or just nuances it, but um, I do believe that when we pass, we get to experience a whole beautiful feeling of comfort and love 
uh, or I believe it's available to us, right? Because we're surrounded by helpers. Um, but I always used to ask myself, if we die and the veil drops and suddenly we are aware of the interconnectedness of all beings, how can we, how can we, how can negatively polarizing entities program for themselves a, a next life, for example, that would help to increase their evil, so to speak, right? Or something like that. And I couldn't reconcile that for the longest time. Or how do Ra talks about entities sort of biting off more than they can chew, where they plan an incarnation. And then they're like, oh man, this is a lot of catalysts. And they sort of start to mentally, spiritually disintegrate across their lifetime because they can't fully process it all. But now my understanding after reading and rereading and reading other things, and this is where I'm curious if other people share this understanding, um, is that when we die, we are the time space analog of whatever consciousness we left this space-time nexus with. So when you cross over as an entity who let's say has, let's just keep it simple and say that you're a native third density entity, a human, and you're ready to graduate into the next level of life lessons, the fourth density, you cross over and um, you have the exact perspectives that you had here on earth, but like a broader overview, but you still have your your mind body spirit complex right because ross says that time space is as complex a system of illusions as space time which means that when we went when we go to the realm of thought we are able to invite the help of our guides and angels invite the help of our higher self or flat out refuse it if that's where we're at because ross says the first separation is self from self on, on the negative path those negatively polarizing entities say, no, thank you, higher self. I'm not interested in your wisdom here. I'm going to make sure that next time I'm born, some really shitty things happen so I can get really, really mad and do some more damage, right? So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with, within between lives is that you have access to all this wisdom and all this love and all this understanding, but you have to be ready for it. You have to choose it. Is that what other people have grokked, you, Neil, or anyone from the raw material? Yeah, and I, I remember a part where they say that um, when Mars was able to have life on it and the beings that destroyed that planet were stuck in like a knot of fear for a long time and they couldn't do anything about it. Like there were angels or whatever, the highest light being saying, guys, come on, like it's this way, like let's let's go. And there was just so much fear that they were stuck in that for a long time and couldn't even be helped. So yeah, I think that there's just so many different ways to go about the inner planes. And like, we really don't know, like this, I guess this is just from raw, but there may be differences in other channelings and everything, but for the, the negatively polarized beings, like, I don't know if they say something like they have fifth density negatives helping out the fourth density negatives so maybe in their afterlife they're like okay you're gonna plan this for your your next negative lifetime and then now you can come graduate to be with us and i don't know I, i'm just taking a guess yeah they do rajas talk about how we can how we how any entity who wishes to polarize negatively can bid 
basically force <laughs> by magic, by working certain types of workings, a higher order negative entity to sort of come and help. And then the high, there's something in it for the higher density negative entity because they're power mongering. So it's, it's like help <laughs> of a certain variety. It's a form of helping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just curious, Doug, Troy, anybody who's familiar with the law of one, what I just said about in between lives and, and just like really being at the level of consciousness that you're at when you cross over, does that resonate? Oh, yeah, that's I think that's absolutely true. And it's not just supported in the law of one. Um, it's supported in several different books. Um, I recommend the Vistas of Infinity. It's a, a book that is um, fantastic. Vistas of Infinity. I'll see if I can take a picture of it and then put it on Slack. But um, yeah, he's a guy uh, that was appeared on Bat Gap as well. And he has the ability to out-of-body experiences a lot. And he's written a lot about what he has seen. Um, but not just him, Robert Monroe. I mean, I could just name off like probably 15 people right now who talk about the same thing is when people leave their bodies, um, they leave with exactly the same amount. I mean, not just a little bit. I mean, exactly the same amount of uh, consciousness that they believe they achieved on earth and they there are entire realms of the afterlife or time space that are exactly the same <laughs> as they experienced in third density because maybe they didn't maybe they didn't know that there was an afterlife so for them uh they You're frozen, Dougie. Yeah, he's frozen. Should we, should I screenshot that? Because it's a pretty awesome freeze pose right there. Yeah, he's showing them guns. <laughs> Can't see him. Shoot. Wait. Oh, we're go. recording. We're recording. Don't come back, Doug. <laughs> if there's something I can make fun of here, I need to know. Oh, the space-time guns. God, I can't find it. <laughs> going to be a meme from now on. <laughs> oh, please. please. Take a picture, Noah. <laughs> Too cool for school. Oh. Neil, Neil, I want to in this group, Joby. He'll be right back. <laughs> Neil, I wanted to tell you, I'm one of those people that's had near-death experiences. My first one was at three years old. Every one of them has been slightly different. So. Anything with like a, a tunnel of light or any type of. The only one that I got the tunnel of light was when I was three years old. Everyone after that, I keep looking for the light and it's not there. Hmm. So I guess I don't need the light anymore. Not your time yet. It's not even an option. No. Another thing about that tunnel of light, I think it was in the raw material that was interesting is that light that is provided to test people, you know, on their, um, for their graduation is provided by entities 
from the first density of the next octave. So I technically the eighth density, that light is provided by them and they kind of oversee and overwatch and monitor the entire process. I thought that was pretty neat. Incredible. In exquisite proportion, Ross says. Yeah. Like it's like mathematically perfect quanta of light. Creates <laughs> right. radiated by beings who are light. Right. <laughs> And they're essentially from the first density of the next, after this octave is over, the next octave that'll come. Love it. Incredible. It, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Fred. No, I just said entities clothed in energy. Yeah. Beautiful. So that makes me wonder, are we, so is from the first density of the next octave not gonna be rocks and water and fire anymore? <laughs> gonna be past that? That's a great question. Yeah. Doug, when when your screen froze and you were frozen there and we all had the opportunity just to look at you and ridicule you, you were not surrounded by light. You were surrounded by ridicule. So I just want you to know that. (laughs) Well, and my higher self says, you don't need to be a part of that negativity. So I'm going (laughs) to take you out. You don't have to hear that. You were surrounded by a great cloud of mocker. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I yep. No. And I you know what? Karma. The law of responsibility is going to kick y'all's ass. <laughs> What's going to happen? Was, Doug, you was giving everybody a good laugh. We needed some joy. <laughs> um, just a real quick thing too about uh, the law of one. And the stairs that DeMarcus um, so well pointed out is Ra talks about how uh, in that staircase, as you walk up, the, there's angelics that are more a part of the earth and the sun. These would be the angels that never separated their beings of light. Um, and they help guide. And then... You've got the, as DeMarcus said, the beings from the next octave are are able to exquisitely give us the amount of light that we actually follow. That's that tunnel. But um, Ross says the confederation. So these are the fourth, fifth, probably I'm, I'm going to be guessing it's going to be the sixth density members of the confederation. I mean, they're probably the ones that are advanced enough to do this, but they're they're standing on the sides of the staircase um so for souls that might be stumbling uh figuratively speaking because it's too bright or they're too shocked or something uh those entities of the confederation aliens are actually standing on the side and help to prop them prop people up so there's all kinds of help uh and we are the ones that um not judge ourselves, but take ourselves to the degree of light that we feel comfortable. So it's, it's all love and we're the ones that measure the love that we can handle at the moment, which is really beautiful. Which is interesting going back to that with Diana, that even if that level of love is so low that it's really negative, you know, uh, reminds me of the scripture in Revelation where John the Revelator said, 
he that is holy, let him remain holy still. He that's evil, let him remain evil still. He that's, and I've never seen that in that light, but you say that now I'm like, oh, that expands that even more. It's like, okay, keep on, keep on that path. Whatever path you're on is going to, you're going to, you're going to get there. So that's interesting. That's good. That's a good connection right there. I also saw from like other quo channelings that they call service. Do you want to love the creator by serving yourself or love the creator by serving others? So no matter what you're serving the creator and it's all love and light and happiness and joy to the actual creator to say, wow, that being was so crazy and lived such a wild life. I didn't think that that could happen before. And then it's just joy and no judgment at all. And just, service and love was any of this new for people uh listening to the presentation tonight was it kind of new thinking No. Maybe it's no, <laughs> if no one's piped it up. Sorry, I was, uh, I don't know if you guys can hear me. Yeah, new, new is an understatement. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of this is, um, you know, resonating for sure. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been reading a bunch of Lob 1 material and uh, comparing that just to my background obviously in uh, Christian theology and in seminary and I think the more I the more I learn this stuff the more it resonates and connects to just stories I've heard throughout my life things I've read throughout scripture that I've just kind of put a bookmark in in a you know maybe one day I'll cross that bridge and there's a, there's just a lot of those moments from the time you know you're a little kid to now in my mid thirties, just a lot of images, stories, questions, just that you you, you receive an explanation on and you know, it's, uh, it's a, it's a big question. And the answer that you're given is kind of a small story and it, and it works and it fits, but, uh, yeah, this was all really in interesting stuff. Neil, I really appreciate you doing that presentation kind of, putting your finger on that pulse yeah. i'm i'm super ignorant to the seth materials but over the last probably three and a half weeks just kind of been spending more and more time in the lab one and that's been a really positive experience so so yeah thank you am i just this is my first time am is everyone here familiar with lob one and seth materials I don't think Seth so much. Um, I've read pieces of it. Uh, I guess Demarcus sounds like sounds like you've read it a good bit, right? Marcus? Yeah, I'm familiar with that in the law one. But normally, I don't think anybody else has spoken about Seth around here. So I don't know. We all yeah, I know law one, but no Seth. I think okay. a lot of people 
feel that Seth goes along pretty well with the law of one. And certainly those at LNL Research really respected Jane Roberts as a channel. So I haven't heard everything that she channeled, but what I heard sounded really good. Did you guys, did those of you who have heard Seth and are familiar with the law of one, do you think that there's some congruency there? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely, there's a lot, yeah. Yeah, I, I did Seth before I jumped back into the law of one with Raw. And I would say um, Seth, just like, you know, Kuo definitely expands a lot on a lot of the information um, that Ra, you know, touches. And Seth kind of really goes in and gives a very detailed description of how a lot of those things work. Right. Yeah, because I guess it's, it's still Ra projecting the thoughts down to Latwi and then even down to Hatan, which is just only a little bit farther than us in the evolutionary process. So I guess they can connect better with words to our ears and minds at this time. That's what it, it seemed like to me when listening to like to Ra, to Latuan, to like, like the raw being like a sixth density. Now, maybe just in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, sixth density, you, you know, you're trying harder to give words that fit for a third density human mind. Whereas, you know, you go into Latwi or to, you know, uh, and it, it just the, the lesser, the density coming down to fourth, it's like you're giving more innuendos, more uh, ways that we would see things and say things, you know, and so that's kind of how I've seen it. I would say that another way of looking at it that goes right along with that is that there's more room for distortion in the lower densities for the conveyance of distortions of thought, just ideas, basically. Ra is so distilled in terms of how much of the purity and power of the one original thought they contain, right? Because they've escalated, they're closer and closer to, to having the consciousness of the creator, right? Or to apprehending it, appreciating it. So they even say that they're a narrow band contact they, Carla had to be in trance. They needed to basically utilize her body to share all of their ideas without filtering those ideas through her mental schema because they are inseparable from that purity. So in order to transmit as raw, they required a trance channeling. Whereas all the other channels we're talking about, including those of Quo, are it's consciously channeled work, which means the channeler receives sort of a, a nebulous or a, a round concept, a download is how they tend to describe it. And then they have to filter that through their own schema, their own vocabulary, their own life experience, their own intellectual database in order to take that concept and turn it into something they can share. So it's, it's distorted not only by, by those who are transmitting it on the other side of the lower density, but also by the entities who are receiving it and then relaying it to us, which is lots of room for error, right? But that's how it, that's how it can come through. Guys, it is 9.02. Um, so we're going to want to close out neil did you have a to close the us out you have a, something to share with us um that actually went a lot faster than i was expecting and it was just the uh 
prayers for Ukraine and something along those lines. But if someone else wants to take it away, more than welcome. Okay. Um, would somebody like to close us out in in prayer tonight as we think, because we all, these are all magical workings we're doing. So we open it up with an invocation and we leave um, also closing this magical energetic uh, nexus that we have. Would anybody like to close this out? Guess I'll do it. Well, still my, still my day. <laughs> All right. So we'll close our eyes. We'll take a deep breath. We thank the one creator for allowing every experience, good and bad, allowing us to grow, to learn, to become whole again, allowing us also to come together to share our thoughts, to help each other grow, to help each other in service to, other, to others, and to help create a more unified planet so grateful that we all can be here that we're all in good health and that we all are able to live well in this incarnation amen amen just great great work fantastic neil thank you so much beautiful word have a good night everyone it was thanks, great everybody. see you next week god bless everybody hi guys thanks, thanks for having bye. me